Let's get past them today. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Modern Man Podcast, where we are on a mission of connecting men in pursuit of their potential. We do so by cultivating community, embracing discomfort, and putting wind in each other's sails. And I'm excited to get some wind in our sails today from our guests, multiple. I'm here joined by Stephen Kuhn and Alda out of Turkey, out of all places from around the world. I appreciate you guys taking the time and being on the call today. Thank you so much. Thanks. It's an honor. Absolutely. To get started right off the bat, I love making sure that the audience, our guests have an opportunity to get acquainted, kind of understand who we're talking to, who we're hearing from, and then we can kind of jump into some of the questions and some of your story from there. So please, guys, the floor is yours. I'm I am Stephen Kuhn. I'm a, a military veteran who lives in Europe and now Turkey. I bounce between Hungary and Turkey. Been overseas for 30 years, so I don't know if I'm American anymore, but so I sure feel like it. And I'm a business turnaround specialist and, and a business advisor. So that's what I do all over the world and have ran large corporations all the way down to one-off companies. Turned around about 100 companies in my time. And now I spend my time advising others how to scale, grow, and get out of the daily grind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hi, I'm Olga. I'm Ukrainian. And I live in Turkey already 14 years. Before, I was working in a touristy company, was traveling around the world, was working. And I chose Turkey as one of the countries where I saw good possibilities for life and good opportunities for businesses. So now I'm a businesswoman and I'm doing different businesses and own several companies. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you guys both being on today. And Olga, it's a pleasure to meet you through Stephen, who I was first introduced to a while back. And jumping into the book that you wrote, Stephen, Unleash Your Humble Alpha. I went through this thing and I said before the recording, and I got to say it on the podcast to everybody, this is a modern man certified HK which is a certified highlight killer. I went through this book and a lot of it talks about unleashing our humble alpha, something that we all have. And I want to be specific to the point that this is not a book just for men. This is a book for everybody. And it seems as though through your practice of this book, Stephen, you mentioned having the ability to work with some of the most influential people in the world. And as we continue to grow, the people that we meet and pour into will have that reciprocity, right? It'll come back, whether it's from the people that we pour into or from others. How have you seen that evolve in your life? And even with your relationship with Olga, as you guys continue to grow, both being business-minded, that humble alpha mentality, that presence and that elevating mentality continues to give back tenfold. Yeah, law of reciprocity, just like you said. You really did read the book, man. I mean, you're like quoting it directly. It's awesome. <laughs> it's actually more of an attitude than it is an action because when you, it's sort of like when you say, okay, I'm going to do this right now and I'm not going to expect anything. Well, the fact that you're saying that means you are expecting something. So it's almost like you got to get past that conscious thought of I'm going to do this now, even though I don't want anything from it, because that's saying that you want something from it. At least that's what the energy is saying. So it's past that. You let go of that completely and you just do knowing, not believing, not having faith in, but being certain and knowing that you will get a return on that. And when you have that, then it really starts. Because it took years for me to get to get that to kick in. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm doing this. I'm doing it for people. I'm not expecting anything. I mean, I wasn't getting paid for my connections. I was introducing people who were making money. I wasn't making any money. I'm thinking like, what am I doing wrong? Well, there's two things. One was I had an expectation, even though I said I didn't. And the second thing was I wasn't structuring the deals. Mm. Right? So you take ownership, you structure the deals. And now you work with me. I'm getting equity. I'm getting upfront fee. I'm getting you know four different ways. I'm getting paid from one deal. Yeah. And that's because I structure the deals in a way that's beneficial for two people. So I will solve your problem and then I'll present you the deal. 
So talk about getting into that motion, because I, I wrote down you served, which thank you for your service in the army, by the way, 86 to 93. And then you yeah. come out, you stay overseas. What is that process like building a home in a foreign country, which I could imagine all the being traveling through Europe as well. You might have that experience too. For a lot of us, any of the guys listening, they might have a hard time kind of picking up from where they are. They're used to their comfort zone. They're used to their surroundings. How do you establish a foundation? How do you establish a connection and a network to even leverage in the first place? Well, I look at it like this. When I was in the military and I, I was stationed in Germany, I said, when I was getting out, I was like, I'm sort of special here. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm American. I speak the language in Germany. I think I can do something here. And then I thought, well, what can I do? How can I meet the most people the quickest way in my comfort zone? So I opened a cocktail bar. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. another, and then another, and then a nightclub. So that's how I met people. I met people in there, in my comfort zone when they were at ease. Mm. So I met everyone from, I mean, the Fuji's came to my bar, you know, the band the Fuji's and like the love parade in Berlin, which is the largest parade in the world for techno. They went by my bar and made, you know, sort of shitloads of money doing that. And it was like, I was meeting all these people, but I didn't know what to do with it. Right. So that was the first step. I was establishing a network through servicing or serving or providing a service for people what everybody wanted, but in a different way, in an American way. It was an American cocktail bar, the first one in Berlin, you know, the wooden mahogany and the pyramid of, of the bottles and the flare and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And so that's how I started, but it wasn't easy outside of that because you're still an outsider. You're still a foreigner. And in Germany, a foreigner is a foreigner is a foreigner. Like you're never a German unless you're a German, right? Mm -hmm. It isn't like in the States, like, oh man, where are you from? That's awesome. And so it was difficult, but I can say this, it all depends what your core values are. And what it is that you want out of life. You can do that anywhere. This is my ninth country that I'm living in, in Turkey, right? I haven't stayed anywhere very long. I mean, I have residence in Germany since 1993, but I, don't, I haven't lived there since 2009. Wow. You know, so what do you want? What are your values? What are the things that you cherish? And you just carry that with you and you create the world that you want and you don't fit yourself into the world that they have. I don't mean don't assimilate. I'm saying create your own thing so that you stick out, so that you're authentic, so that you are something very special. It doesn't matter where I go. I can make that happen. Can you craft that, identify that, build that anytime in life for somebody who might be listening? Let's say they're a 25-year-old who identified themselves as an athlete, then you know, their dreams of making it pro didn't work out two, three times, trying out in the NFL. And it's just like, you know, it's not gonna work, bro. They don't know what to identify themselves as. They might not know what their values are. And now they're 25, working a job, sitting in the drive-through line with the radio, thinking, man, this ain't it. Is it too late to recraft? Is it too late to hone down? I'm 55. I'm recrafting again. You know, yeah. I had, when I got in the military, that was my identity. Like, I was a soldier. And I'm standing at the door of a nightclub as a doorman. Like a month later, I got out of the army in Berlin. And some 14-year-old kid comes up and is like, hey, I want to get in. I'm like, sorry, you got to be 18. And he said, get a real job, you loser. You know, and there I was. I just got back from Iraq, got a bronze star, commanded troops. You know, I was a sergeant. And there's a kid calling me a punk, basically, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. talk about identity crisis, right? <laughs> and so that's the issue is that most people take their identity from a title, a position, or a career. That's not who you are. That's what you do, right? Mm. It affects and helps amplify who you are. But until you know who you are, you're going to have a really difficult time because you attach to things. And when it doesn't work out, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm lost. Yeah. Right. So 
<clears throat> find out who you are. First chapter of the book, Unleash Humble Alpha, is identity. We come up with identity statement and a two-word moniker. My two-word moniker is Powerful Connector. And I, so I'm honestly, when we write in a book, I actually never did that exercise before. When we were writing that book, I came, we came down to this. We're like, man, we need to figure out who we really are and like actually dial it in. We knew who we were, but dial it in. And we dial it down to a two-word moniker. And Powerful Connector basically means I, when I connect people, I inject power into those, into those relationships. And at the way that I inject power is that I stay with them and ensure that what both parties said they would do, do, and everyone profits from it. And so that has made me a lot of money, a lot. And since I've started focusing on, okay, what do I do best? I connect people. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm just going to stop doing everything else. I'm doing only this. It was a learning curve, but it's much more powerful than I was before. And shit's getting done. Sounds very familiar to the mission of modern man, connecting people in pursuit of their potential. I'm like, uh-oh, I found my competition right here. <laughs> <laughs> Collaborate. I say there is no competition. It's only collaboration. So, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever we can do to help each other or whatever, I'm, we're, we're game. What about you? What Absolutely. You, how do you recreate yourself? Because you went from Ukraine, you went to Thailand, you went to France, Italy. How did you keep recreating yourself and starting over? I think it's also like depends on person. I am easily living. I was easily changing countries and mm-hmm. I was well so easy when I came to Turkey. I start to have like more and more networking here. So I start to understand what I want to do. And up to this, I found some people, very big connections in Turkey, like ministries. And through them, I start to do business. Yeah. And for sure, when you're doing business, when you're earning very good money, you can feel flexible in each country. It doesn't matter yeah. which country. It's matter how much you're earning and yeah. with whom you're living. Yeah, it, it blows me away, man. She's like talking yeah. to ministers and prime minister. I mean, it's like, you know, and here I am, this big high roller, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, she touched on something huge there in terms of your ease in moving in one country helps your ease in moving in another. And part of that was identity. And for so many people, they use an identity of scarcity. I would say. And when I say identity of scarcity is kind of one of the resources we talk about money, right? Money is, it's an energy, right? It's an exchange of energy. And and for someone who has a clear identity on who they are, it doesn't surprise me, Olga, that you're speaking with prime ministers and you're connecting with these people, because if if you're in a new environment and you still have the same air about yourself, people are going to look at you like, okay, I need to know this person. I don't know why, I just need to know this person. And everybody listening has had that experience at some point in time. They walk in the room and all of a sudden it's two or three degrees cooler or warmer, right? And presence is a funny thing. You know, presence comes from being present. Being present is showing up wholly and fully for the person in front of you with no preconceived notions or cookie counter solutions and no expectation of a specific outcome. Mm -hmm. Presence is the energy that you emit when you're present, right? Mm. It's so powerful. When you realize that, like, okay, it's like this. Someone walks into it, like, you're talking. We're like talking and having a good time at a party or something. Someone walks in, you feel it. Everyone glances over and looks at this person walking in the door for no reason whatsoever. Didn't do anything, didn't say anything, didn't make a noise. But they come in, they don't go back against the wall and look at their phone and sort of like see what's going on. They walk in, assess the room and move with certainty across the room to wherever they're going. People are like, dang, who's that? Mm-hmm. You know, like, who's that? And and only because they know who they are and they have certainty in their ability to deploy their genius or their talents in any given situation. So it doesn't matter where they are. They're powerful. They're strong and they're present. I love that. I want to hone in on something really quick when we were talking with identity, because I think this is my first opportunity to do this, having Stephen and Olga, both of you here, because the question is in terms of identity. And I've heard this concept before, and I'm not sure how I feel about it, but someone was talking about them being different people for different necessities in life. So one gentleman was saying, when I'm at work, I think he worked in law enforcement and security. He's like, I have to be a dangerous person. But when I'm at home with my kids, I'm more of a soft, lovey, 
kind of cuddly kind of person. How are you to each other versus to the world in terms of your identity? Like Olga, who is Steven to you and, and Steven, who is Olga to you versus how the world might view you or receive your identity. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you understand? Makes sense for sure. Actually, like for me, for sure at work, Steven has some another teachers than at home. But what I get more for sure at home, he's showing to me another things like uh, what the people cannot see. This kid. <laughs> yes, care and yeah, nurturing <laughs> and kissing. Yeah, okay. Care and love. Yeah. and But these things, what he's as a person, like he's powerful, he's connector, he's, uh, he's uh, like a man. He's a man from like big M. He's for me what attracts me in him, that he's a real man, what is very rare to meet in our times. Mm-hmm. So this thing, what I saw outside, what I see when he's talking to people and how he's showing his place, how he's taking his place in each conversation, in each society, in each place where we are going. So the same I feel at home. He's man there. He's man with me. He's protector for me. So this is what I like. And uh, that's why I love him a lot. Because really such kind of people like Steven is... Uh, I traveled a lot, really. I work in a lot of countries. I never saw such kind of person like Steven. Never right. saw. That's why when I saw him, when we felt this connection and I understood, I will never let him go. Never, ever. <laughs> See, and women are good about that. When they find like, they're like, hey, this is, I'm not letting this go. My wife said yeah. the same thing. She's like, I'm never letting you be single again. So <laughs> that is a compliment. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I tend to agree. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm different. It's just, a, it's like your tempo is higher or lower or the volume is higher or lower or the let's say the articulation of the words are more pronounced than they would be at home like at home i'm not going to be like well honey you know i think we need to you know like that but when you're speaking on stage you need to have fluctuation tonality volume so it's a little different but since we don't have an office and we don't work like you know like a job we're just who we are wherever we are and whether we're on camera on instagram or we're sitting here with you right now or we're out at the grocery store i'm hugging kissing her and holding her you know it's just Mm -hmm. the way you know i'm saying and so i don't have any qualms about that and here's the thing you said the police officer said i have to be dangerous Mm -hmm. okay does that mean you have to be dangerous on the outside does that mean you have to look like you're mean does it no it doesn't it's an energy like you said in the beginning money's an energy well so is that being yeah. dangerous is an energy. It's not a look. You can have a guy, tattoos, sleeves, beard, whatever you want, right? Looking mean. And then you have a guy standing beside him who like doesn't even have an expression on his face. And you're like, okay, I'm not messing with that guy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like who's that one Russian or Ukrainian MMA fighter? He never smiled. He never, like, I never did that. He just stood there and just knocked everybody out. Didn't even have mm-hmm. an expression on his face, like nothing. They're the ones that are dangerous because they have that energy. They have the certainty in their abilities, man. That's Mm -hmm. where that comes from. Danger, of course. You know, everyone knows Jordan Peterson says that, you know, a true man can be dangerous when he has to be, but has it under control. Yeah. You know, that's what every man strives to be. You know, you don't have to show it. You know, that's my humble opinion. You don't, I mean, I'm big. I'm 6'4", you know, 230, muscle bound, and I'm buff. I train all the time. I don't go out to go, ah, you know, that Mm -hmm. body, I'm doing that for me and for her. Yeah. Right? But the power that I have when I'm on stage, the power I have when I'm walking through wherever I'm going through, that's within. Everything is within. Everything on the outside is less powerful if you don't have it on the inside. 
Yeah. I think someone once told me, like, yeah, Ted, I would mess with you. And I'm like, man, I haven't been in a fight in over 10 years. Like, I I'm happy go lucky, cacking jokes all the time. It's your energy and your certainty. <laughs> Look, when you step up to somebody and you're in a conversation and you're certain of your abilities, that's intimidating for a lot of people. Yeah. Because most people are waiting for something so they could answer. You take lead. Yeah. Right? You take lead. You lead the situation. You lead the conversation. She does that. I do that. Mm-hmm. That intimidates people, or you get some followers real quick, and people say, "Well, that guy—that's that, a natural born leader, right there." Yeah, let's ha- help some folks out, right? Because we talked about the identity and, and how we show up, the present in the room, and that certainty being so important. Unfortunately, I mean, you know, th- we have this podcast because th- there's a lot of men who are watching and listening who don't feel that certainty, right? They might not have that certainty and identity. They might not have that clarity and vision, and because of that, unfortunately, they might walk around with confidence, but we could see right through. It. We don't have that same energy. I love that you said that. <laughs> confidence so, is not certainty. Yeah. Confidence yeah. is certainty. You can be overconfident. You can't be over certain. You know what I mean? Mm. Like confidence is something that you can wear like a sleeve. It's like motivation and inspiration, right? I can be motivated by what you say, but unless I'm spy, I'm an inspired, that motivation will whittle away real quick. Yeah. Right? It has to come from within, man. That inspiration comes from within. It's something that comes from within that moves out. Motivation is outward that moves in. And so when we look at our world and our life, and we're always reflecting back what's around us and trying to be what we're supposed to be compared to what everybody else says we're supposed to be, who are we? Yeah. Nobody. Mm-hmm. We're In the end, we're nobody because we're not who we're supposed to be. Everyone says becoming the best version of yourself. What is that? Who are you? Who are you really? Like It's so, to everyone listening, if you buy the book, Unleash Your Humble Alpha, and it doesn't change your life, let me know. Get in contact with me and I will give you your money back personally. Yeah. That's how certain I am of the that book, Changing Lives. Because once you find your identity, everything changes, not only in your world and your life, but in your relationships. Mm. Because you can give truly who you are to that person in front of you without worrying about what they think and if, they're, if they like it, if they don't like it, whatever, because you know it's going to happen because you're certain of it. Being certain allows you to let go of the how you're going to do anything. Yeah. Right? What does that work look like? How did it maybe look for you in your journey in, in finding that certainty? Was it something you always had, something you had to cultivate? I know you mentioned the practice where you're writing the book when you yeah. started doing that practice. What does it look like crafting that certainty for people? You know, it's a trial and error, yeah. a lot of mistakes, a lot of failures. You know, I, I went through a pretty rough time. I don't, you probably know, I think you remember, went through a very difficult childhood, gun in my mouth, punch in the face at six from the stepfather, that kind of stuff, you know, typical American uh, nightmare. And uh, lost a buddy in the army in Iraq, got out of army, stayed in Germany, suicide attempt, disappeared from the world for eight months into a monastery. I went through all this stuff to try to find out who I was. That's what's basically what I was doing. Whatever, Whatever all that meant and why I did it doesn't matter. It's just that I was finding myself. And so finally it came to the point where I was like, man, there's gotta be more to life than me chasing the next thing and trying to be what everybody says I'm supposed to be. And as soon as I put my foot down and said, no, I'm going to be me. I'm going to own who I am. I'm going to own, like, it doesn't mean I'm who I am and screw you. And I don't care what you think. That's not what I'm talking about. Because a lot of people do that. I don't care if you like, that's not what I'm talking about. It's an energy of love, self-love. When you love yourself and you accept who you are and you're like, you know, I'm actually a pretty good guy. The world around you agrees with you because that's the energy that you're giving off. That's the energy that they're picking up going like, I like this guy. I like this girl. You know what I mean? And when I found that out, I'm like, wow, look at these people. They're like, I can literally, if I wanted to, manipulate them with the energy that I have. Mm -hmm. But you could literally, like, if I go in the room, it's negative, I will turn it positive like that. I can do that just because I know my abilities to emit that energy of a positive, uplifting elevation. Look, my macro purpose is elevating others to a higher frequency, right? That's my macro purpose, right? And so I'm always out there doing that. 
So I know when I walk into a room, oh man, this is negative. Hey guy, whoop, and within seconds it's up there. <laughs> Just through energy. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. But I, I never knew I could do that until I actually broke all the way down and said, I'm done dancing to other yeah. people. Yeah. I think a lot of us have to get through some of those dark times. I actually, I put it on a comment this morning. Somebody posted something about, oh, you can't fake experience and and stuff. And I said, listen, I stopped looking for the shortcut a long time ago. You have to do the work. You have to go through the process. A lot of people are like, man, what's the secret? How can I avoid the pain? How can I avoid this darkness? How can I avoid facing my trauma? That's what they're asking. And the reality is you have to go to, through. Aldo, what was your your journey like? How did you kind of find that identity in the craft the presence that that you now have? I was not paying attention on what people think about me. It was really almost always, for sure, not directly, not, but with all my works, more and more, more higher position I was having. Mm -hmm. And more I was understanding that if I will look just on my work, on myself, what I can do for people who believe in me and for work, what can I do like for me? for my future. This is on this I have to be focused. So what people are talking behind my back, such kind and other things, I was not paying attention and more and more I was becoming certain. Mm -hmm. And for sure, when I saw results of my work, uh, saw results of my connections, it was making me more and more certain. Mm -hmm. But what I want to tell also a correct partner can make, uh, can elevate certainty like 100% more. So when I met Steven and when he showed to me this belief in me, this uh, trust, like I can do even more than I'm doing now in the moment, it elevated me and it given me such assurance in everything what I'm doing. That's why I start to do even more than before. Yeah, that's huge what you just said, because so many times our partners are either the cheat code or sometimes the weight that holds us back. And, you know, and a lot of our listeners are men and they said, okay, you know, my wife doesn't believe what I'm working on or my partner's not 100% bought in into this project that I'm building. And that could be some of the most detrimental types of relationship sometimes when you're working on this dream that's so big, nobody else gets it, but you and the person you love so much that's so close doesn't get it either. That can kind of put a little uncertainty in the back of your head. Or it makes you angry and it makes you try harder just to prove it to them. You know, it depends what your personality type is. I'm a yeah. D type, so you know, that's what I do. Challenge me. I'm going all in, right? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what you're talking about has massive credence, but in a way that, that I want to out myself here as is mm-hmm. That when I met Olga, I was like, gosh, like she's powerful, man. Like, but she doesn't even know what she's capable of. Like, I just saw the way she was. I was like, man, you can have so much more. Like, if I had a company right now that I needed a CEO, I'd bring her in without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Right. I told her that. I said, you can do more. You can do this. You can do that. And she's like, well, how do I do this and that? And what I noticed was um, she suddenly was earning more money than me. Right. Mm-hmm. And that bothered me. Ooh. I'm the provider. I'm the protector. Right. I'm like, why is this bothering me? Yeah. It was really difficult for me. To deal with it. And then she's like, I'm like, well, I'm going to do a deal. I'm, I have to go this and do that. And she's like, well, I'm going to go, I'm flying here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to fly here and do that. I'm like, dang, man, she's outperforming me. What's up with it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, yeah. I would have competition. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't competition at all. I was so proud of her. I'm so proud of her. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's really challenging my, I guess, my internal, I don't know, gyroscope. Ego, maybe a little bit. Well, yeah, I, something. Yeah. Well, you know, we feel like we, you know, I'm, uh, you know, she's like, you're masculine. You're the man. You're the powerful one. I'm going to go make more money than you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you need you know, anything? Like, 
Yeah, right. You know, I'll still just be here watching the kids. You know, <laughs> I love that you said that though, because full transparency. Where I've literally told my wife over and over, I'm like, one day you're gonna out earn me, right? Because I see that fire, I see that growth, that flame, and she's starting her own business, and I'm thinking to myself, well, here it goes. It's starting, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, what's the beautiful thing is about it is that I've grown so much in the last seven months with her, you know, just through these these sort of situations where she doesn't take any hiccups, doesn't just says what she says. And we have a very, very transparent way of communicating, like whatever the thoughts is in my head, I'm saying it right away, no matter what. We don't have, we don't let anything build Mm -hmm. up, nothing, zero, right? And because we know that we love each other and there's no way that we're going to use any situation to leverage it negatively. We just talk, right? A lot of people hold on to their thoughts and I call it kind of the breadcrumbs. I think actually Jordan Peterson has this in book 12 rules of life about the crumbs under the bed that feed the dragon. And we brush those crumbs until the dragon's just too big in the room to ignore. And you know, what these little breadcrumbs, the example I've used before was, you know, your, let's say your wife doesn't like little drops on the, on the kitchen floor after doing dishes. And then one day after a very tough day at work and the kid was up till 3 a.m. the night before and a lot of stress with deadlines looming. And then there's those water drops on the floor. This thing blows up into a huge argument when it's just a couple of drops of water on the floor that you didn't know was a pet peeve for X amount yeah. of years. So many or of us, tooth, yeah, toothpaste. we're afraid to, uh, the tooth, the cap on the toothpaste. Did I tell you that? <laughs> no, 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 but everyone knows that one. Right? Or squeak in the middle as opposed to the bottom or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I put the cap back on the toothpaste. My wife leads it off. Now we get the cap on top where snaps on but (laughs) i think i hit on something (laughs) but the reality is most couples and most people let's just say in general don't have those uncomfortable conversations whether it's a conversation with your spouse or maybe a conversation with your boss right if there's we give up yeah we give up because after you argue five or six or seven times or you're like you know what it's not even worth it Mm-hmm. That's where the breadcrumbs started. And they're not breadcrumbs anymore. They're freaking loaves of bread. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're not brushing breadcrumbs anymore. It's like a whole loaf. You're just pushing them underneath your, your bed. Because I remember, like, that's what happened to me. You know, and this is, I had two divorces behind me. And I was just shooting up the bow, 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 moving, 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 yeah, making, developing, creating, doing that. And they were just sitting there going, you know, it's too much. I can't deal with this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I would just stop talking about it because it was just like, hey, well, you know, what's it? And I just stopped talking about it. So we, we shut down. And I know that a lot of men, and this is like, I was in Clubhouse and I had a discussion going on and a very prominent person, a man, and said, I stopped making decisions because I always do what the family wants anyway. Mm-hmm. And that made his wife see him as weak because he's not making decisions anymore. Why can't you be a man? Mm-hmm. So he's asking himself like, well, it doesn't matter what I say because if we, whatever you guys want to do, I'm going to do it because that's my duty. I'm the father. That's what I do, right? But in doing that and feeling that, like I always did, like I did everything. Yeah, I lost who I was. Mm-hmm. Right. I lost who I was. I wasn't happy anymore. I was feeling a sense of duty and I was fulfilling that duty and I felt good about that. But happiness, like love, like this, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of get stuck in that and they go, you know what? It's okay. Cause I was saying to myself, it's okay. I guess that's just the way it is. You know, that's married life, mm-hmm. right? I got the kids. I got, you know, I got to take care of business. I got to make money, but the house and all this kind of stuff. And you focus on that. The less you get there, the more you focus here on your duties on your responsibility and that's how we sort of blow off what we're not getting yeah and justify that it's okay when it's not okay yeah because when you get it your world changes it's going back to that identity being who we are and the fact of the matter is in that silence we change a little bit and we are in essence no longer the person that our spouse fell in love with that our spouse was expecting and on a previous episode uh, 
one of our panel discussions, I think it was George Coward talking about divorce. And I think it's worth repeating. He said, quote, he said, I mistook a low conflict marriage for a good communication marriage. And the reality for any of the guys listening right now, anyone watching who might think to themselves, oh, there's no conflict in in my relationship. There's no conflict in my marriage. I would challenge you to reassess that and find out, is it there a lack of conflict because we're not addressing certain things? Or is it a lack of conflict because you actually are in tandem with where you're going and and what you're building? And actually, I think that's a perfect segue into where we're going, what we're building. Because what I like about the books, it's actually kind of a framework that I've really been working on too, in terms of identity being the start, right? People need to know who they are, what their values are, what their purpose and what they're driven to do is. And then around that craft a vision and a direction in which to go, because we don't want to be stuck. How does that work in terms of crafting your personal vision, your personal goals and whatnot? And then when you incorporate somebody in with that, now you and Olga in tandem working on that unified vision. What does that process look like? Well, you know, when it comes to identity, identity is then who you really are. And the identity, as you saw in me, is powerful connector. So that gives you an idea of what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. Right. I'm going to be connecting people. Well, where, where can I do that best? What do I do best? What does it work? So I'm in the mergers and acquisition space and business advisor. Right. So I'm going to powerfully connect these people. I'm going to powerfully connect the mergers and acquisition space with the business advisor. I'm going to help businesses scale through acquisition through what I learned in the mergers and acquisitions. I'm going to connect these people. You know, it's like you just start building this out. And what happens is your purpose amplifies your identity. Mm. It makes you more of who you are because you're working in your identity through your purpose. And it's so powerful because like, you know, wherever I go, I'm Steven, right? I'm not the M&A guy or the guy who wrote Humble Alpha or whatever. I'm Steven, Steven Kuhn. Like that's it because I'm the same person and wherever I go, whatever I do. When I'm on stage in Boston or in the UK or whatever at these M&A conferences, I'm Steven Kuhn who's talking about the Humble Alpha and how it's applicable to, I speak too many languages now, I'm forgetting <laughs> English. Yeah, yeah you know, it's it's applicable to everywhere in life because the Humble Alpha is actually an operating system. It's like the operating system on your computer. You can do upgrades and you can do antivirus, but the operating system stays the same. Mm-hmm. But until you know your operating system, how are you going to operate? If you don't know your core values and your principles that you live by and the laws and the rules that you follow in your own life enterprise, it can be a tough life because you'll always be adopting other people's ideas. You'll always be adopting other people's uh, creative Of course, what someone does that's great and it's good for you, you own it, but make it your, it's just like when you go to college, right? Mm-hmm. You go to college, I got, I got my MBA, a lot of knowledge, worthless, unless I apply it. Yeah. I don't own that knowledge until I apply that knowledge and make my own experiences, then I own it because then it's my own knowledge, mm-hmm. you know? And so, it, I mean, I, I really get into this because the process of going from a receiver, right, to a quarterback, the process, I was a receiver. You know, I did what I was told. I fit in, I, you know, especially in the military, I tried to fit in and do what everybody says we're supposed to do to be a good, a good soldier. Yeah. And then I moved on to being a quarterback or whatever you want to call it, you know, and a quarterback's guy in football that throws the, he's sort of like the team captain usually anyway, cause he has no football. <laughs> <laughs> and so the process is always failure. Mm-hmm. I think it's just about everything we do, you know, and it sounds tough, but guys now from all sides, we're the lowest on the totem pole, right? Women expect us to be gentlemen, foot the bill, protect them, be the provider and protector and all that kind of stuff, But which is old term, which is an old way of thinking, mm-hmm. according to a lot of people out there. But they don't act like they would in that time when men acted like that. Yeah. I'm just grateful that I live in Europe and I missed that whole thing in America, all that stuff going on over there. I've been here for 30 years, so I missed that whole trend. Yeah. And Olga being from Ukraine has very 
very, very strong family values, as do I. And so it's a, for us, it's a natural fit where I'm the masculine, she's the feminine, and we amplify each other through my true masculine only came out when I met the true feminine, mm -hmm. you know, and her true feminine really came out when she met the true masculine for her, you know? And so like, we focus on that kind of stuff. Yeah. We don't focus on the outside, you know, we focus on that kind of stuff, but I'm going all over the place. I know, but I, no, this I is just, it. dude, it's a subject matter that's so important guys, you know, guys out there, it doesn't have to be how people says it has to be when you're certain, right. Of your abilities in any given situation. And you say what you say with conviction and love, you can say whatever you want. Mm -hmm. People will agree or not agree, but you won't get any grief because the energy you have is a higher frequency yeah so easy to operate in a world a lot of us now the nowadays don't want to offend anybody with who we are and the reality is you're actually doing the world a disservice by hiding who you truly are and in the book no more mr nice guy and, and i go into this all the time is we are so polite and we're putting on a facade when we're people pleasers for any of the guys listening who are quote unquote say nice guys or the people pleasers or hey you know i'm just i'm doing what i'm told that's more manipulative than the person who is fully themselves and selfish it is because you're you want to be liked you're doing that exactly you're doing that for an outcome you're doing that for a perceived outcome you're doing what you think is wanted you're doing what you're expecting oh. is wanted and you're not showing your true self because you're more focused on the outcome than being authentic and that is where the manipulativeness comes into play as opposed to being wholeheartedly yourself and saying hey listen what's for me is for me and what's not for me i am okay living without and you're focusing on on the intention the intention is, is what we control we don't control the outcome yeah right what's our what's the intention what do you want to do right what what is it that you actually want to achieve what's your intention mm -hmm. you know it's a powerful thing when we can let go of that outcome because when you look when you go to a sales meeting or if you're selling something and you have a specific outcome in mind you're going to pressure and push and use closing techniques and that person is going to feel it yeah. it's not going to be free flow what do you do you show up wholly and fully for the person in front of you no preconceived notions no cookie cutter solutions and no and no perceived outcome Mm -hmm. that's showing up that's being present for the person in front of you, you listen to what you're saying and you hear what they mean mm -hmm. right you address your perceived problems first and then you address the underlying problems once you've gained the trust with that person in front of you and that goes for partners wives you know business partners whoever it is yeah yeah. You know, when you learn this stuff that's in the book man it it changes your life because it, it's so simple to apply those five models in there, mm -hmm. right? Hit, honesty, integrity, transparency, um, creating space, which is what I said, showing up fully and fully, life enterprise, investing in relational capital, and QOL, which is quality of life, Yeah, right? Those five chapters, those five models will change your life. And it's an operating system that you can always fall on, always yeah. fall back on. Foundation. Once you build that foundation, you can start building your skyscraper. I love that. And I love that you hit on that because that literally was like my last question here as, we, as we're running out of time is, you know, talking about hit and QRL, QRL, because I will say I've read a lot of self-development books. I've gone through a whole bunch of them. And I will honestly say this HK, Highlight Killer, was probably at least seven or eight of those books put into one. It's almost like I wish I would have gone back and like started with this <laughs> instead of going through all the others because there's like little bits of some other books that I read that I was like, man, this is kind of concise and like a playbook. Like, okay, it, it walks you through the whole process of development. But HIT and QRL while we have a couple more minutes in the podcast, because I feel like this is kind of what people are trying to hone in on. And I feel like those two models for me were really what a lot of my life is represented around okay well hit real simple honesty integrity and transparency honesty with yourself while you do say and think like you do mm. right that when then a transparency is stepping into the world with that honesty and it's your ongoing reputation 
byproduct of those two is integrity. The foundation of any healthy relationship, professional or private, is integrity. Without integrity, you have leverage. And when you have leverage, someone's going to lose. Mm. Right. So my core principles, honesty, integrity, transparency, and everything I do. And when I'm when I say honest, it means honesty with myself. Because when I'm honest with myself, I don't have to worry about being honest with anybody else. Because as soon as something's out of sync, as soon as something's not congruent, I'm gonna know what's going on. You always ask yourself, why am I thinking like this? Why am I feeling like this? Why is that guy getting on my nerves? What's going on? Why did I answer like that? You gotta keep being so honest with yourself. And again, that gives you that energy where people are like, Whoa, this guy, like you can trust this guy. Like people tell me all the time, like, so for some reason I can try, I feel like I can trust you with anything. And they do trust me with all kinds of crazy shit, you know? <laughs> so, right. So that's it. And QOL is quality of life. That's enjoying the moment, no matter what the task, mm-hmm. just quality of life. You're working like today I'm doing a business meeting, right? And she walked by, you know, and I wanted to kiss her. So I'm like, Hey, one minute. And I just walked over and I, I walked behind the screen and I kissed, her, you yeah. know, like quality of life, man. I don't. How important is that meeting and how important was that kiss? Yeah. Right. What has more effect on my life? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's sort of how quality life is. And then it's scheduling time off, scheduling time to do things for you. We travel all the time, man. We travel all the time, all the time. Oh, you Vienna, Bratislava, the Tallinn and Estonia and knows where Italy. Soon America. Soon we're going to, we're going to Pennsylvania, LA and Vegas in two weeks mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, you know, and just always moving out there. That's quality of life, man. And you, some people are probably saying, I can't afford that. If but you pass Charlotte, give me a shout. <laughs> no, we'd love to, man. We'd love to, man. We're not, we're not passing. You're the second person from Charlotte who told me that. It's funny. Charlotte. Uh, I always Charlotte. wanted to go to yeah. Charlotte. Actually, I think we're flying through Charlotte. Or was that the old flights? Old flights. Like, that was the old yeah. flights. We're not flying through Charlotte anymore. Yeah. American we, Airlines has a hub in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Big financial yeah. district. There's big banks. I don't know anybody to introduce you to, but I think Olga could talk to someone and just get us in there. That <laughs> 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 you would probably talk to. He doesn't know anybody, but you could probably find somebody. Hey, it wouldn't surprise me, man. I'll tell you. Yeah. Some of the people talk. So I have to sit there and laugh sometimes, man. Like, holy shit. She's like, oh, we need to we need to meet three ministers in the energy department. Mm-hmm. And like a day later, she made it happen. I was like, you know, like Jesus, yeah. crazy. And she's that. not Turkish, but she speaks well, like a perfect Turkish. So nice. Well, yeah. Coming on the end, I would love our listeners and viewers to have an opportunity of, of connecting with you guys, following yeah. up on the amazing work that you're doing, and for folks who maybe are wanting to pick up, unleash your humble alpha. I would definitely love for them to have the opportunity to do so. How can they kind of follow you guys, link up with you, and get, and get the book? Uh, the book's on Audible or on Amazon. You can pick it up. It's paperback or audible audio ver- audiobook. It's not, we didn't do the voice, but uh, it's a great, great voice. We, t- we had 89 auditions, oh, wow. 89 people auditioned for the voice. Mm-hmm. We chose one. Um, or actually, I chose it. And you can contact us on my Instagram account, Stephen Eugene Kuhn. You go to humblealpha.com to pe- check out the book, and there's some free resources there. You can download, for instance, the first module of our university course, which the Humble Alpha has made into a course for the universities, and they offer it as a two-credit-hour uh, course for entrepreneurship and MBA, Forbes School of Business Technology, and things like that, directly from the book. Nice. You know, really from the book. So you can download a free version of that. You can download eight, eight ways for immediate impact revenue, download, you know, the productivity handbook and all kinds of stuff that are the freebies that we give away. Or you can contact us to work with us in uh, advising your business to scale and grow and to get you out of the daily grind to enjoy more quality of life while increasing revenue. 
Yeah. Olga's on my Instagram page. So you can see her there. We do videos together, reels and things like that together. And you'll be seeing more of us doing other things as well. Just not coming out with that just right now. Yeah. Well, I love it. And the energy is bleeding through on this call. And I know our listeners and watchers could feel that all also. So Steven, Olga, thank you so much for the time, the expertise, and both of your magics coming together on this podcast today. Thank you so much. Thank man. you. Thanks. Absolutely. I'm going to recap some of the things you said along the way, because I like taking notes because some people listening or watching uh, while they're cleaning the house or maybe going for a bike ride. One thing we mentioned was attitude over action, right? Attitude. A lot of people look at wanting to be in the right mood before doing things. And this is why I think habits are so important. We build and establish the habits so we do things no matter how we feel. But your attitude more important than your action. And something you said coming out of the army when you identified, say, hey, I'm special here. And I think it's really important for folks who are looking for their identity, trying to identify who they are, is understanding where they make an impact and also how they can make that impact. Being present, we all know that person that walks in the room and our head turns or they walk with so much certainty or their shoulders are back. They seem a couple inches taller than everybody or they're walking. And I feel like when you have like four or five basketball players together, they have this effect where they look like they're gliding. <laughs> it's something, maybe it's, the, it's how tall they are, what it is. But we know that aura when somebody has that certainty. And I love that you say the certainty because you can't be over certain, you can be overconfident. And that confidence is something people can see right through if it's not yeah. true and authentic. Self-love, very much important. Knowing that, loving yourself, who you are, and not saying that to disregard who everybody else is, but loving who you are and showing up as yourself and then growing through it. And then I love when we talk about the thoughts that you have with your spouse, with your partner, or really the thoughts that you have in those uncomfortable conversations, facing them head on with that certainty and not letting them sweep under the rug and get bigger. And then purpose amplifies identity. Find that purpose, let it amplify who you are and give that gift to the world because the world deserves it and you deserve all the gifts that come back with reciprocity from being authentically and truly yourself. Olga, Steven, this has been an amazing pleasure to have you. So thank you so much to the listeners and watchers for making it to the end. Our gratitude goes to you as well. Please, before you go, hit that subscribe button for a new episode each and every single week. Leave us a rating so you can let us know how we're doing. Let us know which episode was your favorite, any topics you'd like us to touch on, speak on. The only way we can improve is by you giving us that feedback. And of course, the best compliment you can give us is by sharing this with a friend that you know can get some benefit from it. We appreciate you guys rocking with us to the end. And as we always say at the end of the episode, Everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow.